Welcome to Love and Compassion, a podcast where we explore different topics that may challenge our current belief systems and the fears that they generate. Our hope is that through dialogue, you, the listener, will be inspired and motivated in new ways on your own journey to living a more loving and compassionate life. Please welcome your host, Giselle Taraba. So welcome to another episode of the Loving Compassion Podcast. Don't forget to like and subscribe to support our show. Are you struggling with money? You want to change your relationship with money so that you can attract more abundance into your life? If so, then this is the episode for you. Ken Honda is a best-selling self-development author in Japan, also called the Zen Millionaire, with book sales surpassing 8 million copies since 2001. Now he's sharing his work with English-speaking readers in the United States, in Canada, and beyond. His latest book, called Happy Money, The Japanese Art of Making Peace with Your Money, teaches us how to finally shift our relationship with money to be more positive and loving. Please welcome Ken Honda. Hi, Ken. Hello, Giselle. Hi. I'm so honored to be on your show, and thank you. We are very honored that you're here. I love your books. I read uh, Mare Up as well as Happy Money. Oh, really? Thank you. Yeah, I love your books. Money is something that impacts everyone. Everyone can relate to having either issues with money, either people had an abundance of money or didn't have or working towards money. I'm wondering if you can share a little bit about what got you interested in money. Yeah, it's a long story, but to make it very short, I was born into a unique family. You know, uh, I think uh, overall, people don't talk about money over dinner table but my uh, father was a very successful tax accountant so money was often a topic over dinner in my house so he used he started teaching me about money since i was like four or five and when i was seven or eight my father started teaching me about roe and roi and uh, practical things as well like he used to take me to near shopping mall and, uh, and asked me which one is making most money. So I got probably curious naturally, and uh, he was my first teacher. And I have had many teachers since then about money because money has a different aspect. I call it money IQ and money EQ. Mm -hmm. So it's not just only knowledge about money, investing, tax laws, but at the same time, you need to have money e high money EQ, which is emotional health with money. So even though you have a high IQ, if you don't have high EQ, you could end up losing everything. And I'm sure you've heard of a story of a lottery winner. They just spend all the money because you don't have a good relationship with money. That, so that's what I teach. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's so interesting that I've seen that uh, experience and also uh, read it in your book about, it explained to me why that happens, why people think that, well, if I only win the lottery, then my money problems will be solved. And a lot yes. of lottery winners usually tend to end up losing it as well as very rich celebrities. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's that, that money IQ versus money EQ that you say is so important. Yes. Can you tell me why money EQ is a little bit more important than money IQ? I think money EQ is a solid foundation. And if you don't have a solid uh, foundation of uh, emotional intelligence, even though you're the smartest kid in, in the class, that doesn't guarantee you will be the, the, the most successful in life. If you don't have a so, uh, social skills and people skills, and especially emotional stability with you, you may make so much money, 
but and you end up in a drug rehabilitation center. You know, a lot of celebrities do mm -hmm. because they don't know how to cope with their emotions. So even though you are su super successful, if you don't know how to deal with your emotions, you might as well being a mediocre person and stay very happy and keep smiling. And that's my idea. And it's so, so true. It explains a lot of the human behavior. I love in your book how you talk about, you know, there's, I mean, we have this concept of money as being kind of this paper thing that helps with transactions. And at the base of it, it is what it is. Mm -hmm. But you go deeper in defining money. Can you define for our listeners what money really is and how to? Yes. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. I often teach uh, kids about money because kids kind of understand more about money because they don't have any official knowledge about money. So I talk to thousands of people all the time and I ask them, so what is money? And so, you know, they, they think of paper and coins, for example, and I'm sure everything these days is online. So, okay. So my, so your numbers on your online digital numbers, that's money. So what about credit cards? Okay, it's a little plastic thing, right? But does that mean that it's it's money? You know, that it's interesting. So uh, like 20, 30% of the people think it's not that money. I think it's a, just a plastic thing. Uh, I can use money, but it's sort of like, it's not money, right? So uh, what is Apple Pay, you know? So what is iPhone, is this money? Some kids say, yeah, it's money because you know, you, you can use it for money. And so people are kind of start to wonder and start looking confused. So what about bitcoins? And then like half the people say it's not, uh, it's not money anymore, but it could be used as money, right? So we are so confused about money. We can't even answer the simple, the most simple question, what is money? So my passion has been to teach people about money and also transform uh, their relationship with money. And it's so much fun. Uh, I really enjoy looking at the, the confused faces when I ask questions. My teaching is very uh, based on Zen. So I ask questions instead of I teach. So certain questions can take you to a deeper philosophical world about money and life. And uh, at the end of the tunnel, you just think about how, how you want to live your life because money can take you such to a, a, such a deep place in life. Thank you for sharing that. I, I have heard that money is really just energy that you're shifting mm -hmm. around with people. And so they're in, so it's an energetic exchange and it sort of helps because it, it, it helped me shift my perspective because, you know, growing up and thank you for mentioning children growing up, we did definitely did not talk about money at the table. It was sort of hashiri hash. It was sort of like yes. something my parents really didn't talk about. I was taught to really always like save, 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 work hard. And the hardest you work, the more you're going to have. And I saw my parents work very hard. Didn't mm -hmm. end up millionaires. I mean, they were they're abundant in other ways. And so I grew up with that kind of belief with my children. I didn't really talk about money much when they were littler. And if I'm going to share a confession, if you may, as I was reading your book, you were talking about kids and being able to be transparent with them. And I recognize that my kids are constantly asking me for stuff. They're like, I want this, I want that. And what I noticed in my responses were like, you're asking too much or that's a waste of money. And then as I, as I pondered what you had put in your book, I realized it's not about what they're asking. It's how I'm feeling about giving. 
I feel like I'm giving too much. I feel like I'm be, like, you know, cause I have my business and, you know, we're doing renovations. And so what I did, and so health, thank you for this. I shifted my conversation with my kids and said, you know, I'm feeling overwhelmed by the amount of money I'm spending right now, the amount of money coming in and out. I want to do this for you, but I don't want to do it when I'm feeling this way. So for me, that kind of shifted the conversation. And, and I mean, it was kind of, they're kind of a little bit surprised because <laughs> it became about me and my, in my emotions towards not about something that they were doing, which in the past mm-hmm. had been right. Yeah. So I wrote a few books on how, how to teach uh, kids about money. You know, I, I, I have to, to start translating in those books in English, but uh, yes, please. You know, to, <laughs> summarize, to summarize, if you can teach kids uh, about money, as money can be your best friend, he or she will have a totally different life. Because uh, once you know like money can help you, instead of like a gigantic monster that seems to drive our parents crazy, right? Because people can get it, you know? Kids get it so well. When they're talking about watering the plants, your mom may not be upset, but if you just, if you just waste your money from her eyes, then she gets incredibly upset. So I think probably about money issues, your parents can be most upsetting. So I have never seen my mother upset so much about money, nothing else. She is such a gentle soul. I think I wanted to spend my money for joy, but I felt like I was denied. So. Yeah. I mean, I can, I can totally relate to that. I came from a household where my mother grew up in poverty. So Mm -hmm. for them, money was always a significant thing, right? They had to move a lot if they, if they weren't able to make rent. And so for my mother, having the security of a safety net was very key. So if if you were ever to use credit cards or get into debt, it was a cardinal sin because you didn't want to get to that position where you were potentially at risk, right? Mm -hmm. So I grew up with a lot of money issues and that's why I became kind of a high achiever to be able to, to get an education in order to be able to make money. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize how this fear about money was negatively impacting my ability to attract money <laughs> because, yes. Yes. because I had all these misconceptions. Money's bad uh-huh. because the, cause there was also the other part of it, the greed, right? That people who are really have extraordinary abundance are like really greedy and they're doing it on the backs of other people. So money's bad. So I was wondering what the <laughs> most, most co- common money blocks are and maybe how to overcome them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, you know, it's so, so interesting because I've been doing this for decades, right? At least two decades as an author and uh, 10 more years as a consultant. So I have probably impacted millions of people over the years. And personally, I've got tens of thousands of testimonials myself. So the little shift in head and a little shift in your heart can turn everything around, especially uh, about receiving. We are so good at giving help giving money, giving ourselves, but we are so bad at receiving, you know, we have a PhD in giving, but we we're not even in kindergarten in, in receiving. So this guilt of receiving, because when we feel funny about money, how can you receive with a big smile on your face? It's like, it's terrible, you know, at least you should look um, like grim when, when you receive money. So people have some very funny mixed feelings. As much as people love money, they hate money, or at least they, they hesitate to receive. 
So instead, if you can let go of all the guilt, shame, embarrassment, resentment, and let let money go, walk as a as free free person, you will just、uh, start having a beautiful relationship. So the first question I always ask to my audience is, if money was a person, who would it be? Would it be a very kind, generous, loving person, or it, money could be a huge monster, mean, you know, horrendous, like gigantic monster who could hurt you, your parents, your your kids, or your neighbors, or like, like you know, it could drive people crazy and commit crimes, or money can be your best friend who can help you. Whatever you want to do in your life. So if money becomes your best friend, I think you're so lucky. But it takes a little while to to just let go of all the feelings because we've been hurt. That's why I've been teaching and helping people to heal money wounds that we've accumulated over the years. And、uh, unfortunately, our hearts are so you know so many hurts since we were four, four or five. We didn't know anything about money when we were four, but by the age nine or ten, we know that you know we want money. <laughs> so,、yeah. uh, I think anywhere it doesn't really matter if you're in Europe, China, Australia, Africa, North and South America. Every little kids they don't care about money, but when they when they're eight or nine, give me money, right? <laughs> and、yeah. they're almost like little little criminals threatening their parents. So I heard, you know, I heard. Horrible statements about money, you know, as well as, as very cute ones. The cute one goes from from seven year old boy saying, "Mom, you have to give me money, otherwise I'm not gonna study." You know, <laughs> like <laughs> he already knows that. It's almost、right. like a bank robbery. You know, I demand this. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. so, like,、uh, kind of the cute stuff. But、uh, where where do they get? You know. The ideas like that, you know, they get it from the movies, their friends, and I think it must be up in the air. You know, otherwise, your seven-year-old boy would never say such a thing. Yeah, that is so funny. My my son had asked me for a credit card. He's like, "Oh, can I have a credit card?" He's <laughs> like, "Ooh, we got a lot of talk about." And I did have actually give me an opportunity to have a conversation with him about how credit works. Yes. Yes. Yeah.、Um, no limit, please. Right. <laughs> yes, that's right. No limit and no payback. No interest, right? Yeah. Yeah, for kids because it looks like a magical thing that、yeah. you can flash it, and then you, you can, can just swipe it, and it just comes. You just get that. You can just、yes. get that. <laughs> it's magical when you're kids. It's it, you know you were talking about receiving, and it's interesting because even in、uh, some of the work, when you get into kind of spiritual work, and when you're doing like compassion and work, like kind of the stuff that we do. It kind of gets challenging to think about, you know, pricing your products when you want everyone to、yes. have access to it. It gets、mm-hmm. really challenging to do both the spiritual work and the love and compassion work. We've been taught that it's it's not the good thing to want. While we have idolized people that have made a lot of money, we've also villainized them.、Mm. It feels sometimes hard to put that idea together as something that because in your book you say money is neither good or bad; it just is, right?、Mm-hmm. And so it's the it, the attributes we assign to it. Yes, exactly. You said it right. Money is interesting stuff. Money itself is neutral, but we give it a meaning. You know, money can be good, money can be bad. That's where you're confused because we give a meaning to something which which doesn't have any. 
So, you know, money is not either good or bad, which Zen idea comes in. So people think according to what they believe. So, you know, after my lecture in an hour, my student sometimes comes up and said, Ken, so money, money is good, right? You know, because he wants to believe money is good. And the other one says, so you're saying is money bad? You know, <laughs> no, 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 I didn't say that. I didn't say money is either good or bad. Money is just neutral energy. So please don't suffer from this energy because it's a life force energy. You know, you can turn it into anything. That's what it's so beautiful about money. So if you can look at money as it is, that's a good start. One of my favorite sayings in, and I, you know, I've been, I'm so grateful to be able to talk to you because I've been wanting to ask you this question for a while. Yes, um, I had once heard you say money at first is like ice. So it's hard to come by. Then it's like a river. It flows. And then when you, I guess, when you reach your full abundance, it's like air everywhere. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about how we can make money <laughs> like air always there when we need it? <laughs> so if you live in a cold, cold world, then see. People are mean to each other, people are cold, people are freezing, so they're scared too. And uh, if money is, an, is ice, it's, it could be pointy, you know, it freezes your fingers. And uh, it's not fun, and it's not fun to, to have money because it just freezes your fingers. And so when you live in a warmer climate, you know, money is, is like water, water uh, flowing like river. If the water is too much, that causes flood. And if the water is too little, it causes uh, drought and also mountain fire. You know, it's so uh, sad to see some parts of the country, there is a lot of flood in China, in Germany, thousands of people die and drown. And on the other hand, like in California, and I heard recently in Canada, there's this mountain fire and extreme heat so I think our planet, planet is crying, you know, and, and, and the tear is water for me, and also fire is anger. So I think our planet is screaming that, you know, we cannot, human cannot stay this way. But going, going back to the, the topic, so when you live in a warmer climate, you know, it's, it's not super cold and warmer, and the money evaporates, right? And then when money evaporates, it's up in the air. So abundant, you know, I th I'm sure you've never worried about breathing. Like, mm -hmm, you know, oh, today I, I, have, I don't have enough oxygen in my, in my house, you know, unless you're stuck in an elevator or basement somewhere, you don't worry about air because it's abundant. And so money is like that for financially independent people. You don't really care about money anymore. Uh, for example, I don't care about uh, my work. If I get paid, probably half of what I do, I don't get paid. I do it pro bono. I do it for fun. I help, you know, I'm on shows like this for endorsing my, endorsing my friends. So I don't get paid. And for the other one, I get paid, but I don't care anymore. So I, I don't tell the difference because everything is fun for me. So money is everywhere. Whenever I need money, I just click on some numbers and, and that is taken care of. So, you know, if I want to fly somewhere, the ticket is there and hotel. And when I need a house, I can buy one, you know, and if I can, if I want to help somebody, I can send money into seconds. So 
money is almost like you know the genie in the magic lamp like when i just i don't even have to you know scrub it i just say genie please and then in two seconds he or she can do wonders for us that's so, some great instant manifestation there <laughs> yeah so uh, ideal situation is that you don't have to think about money anymore but if money becomes there you focus on what you want to do in in the day and then at the end of the day, you feel like, oh, I've had so much fun. You know, I, I, I probably helped this person, that person. And I always think of readers who read my books somewhere in the world. I appreciate them for buying my book. And I'm just hoping and that I help them and praying for their happy life. That puts me into bed with a happy smile on my face. So when I sleep, I think I'm just smiling because I, it makes me feel so full and full of appreciation that I'm in the flow of happy money because I know I have helped a lot of people on that day and I only receive money from happy customers. Everything I do has, has a, a money back guarantee. So whoever is not satisfied, I'll give back the money. So, so in other words, all the money I receive is the result of making somebody happy, supporting somebody in some ways. That's why I can keep smiling with money in the bank. And, and that money can be spent on helping other people and doing what I love. So this cycle of appreciation and happy money is the reason that people can feel so happy about themselves and about life. I love that. The title of your book is called Happy Money. What makes happy money? When you receive money, a lot of people feel resentment and also shame because that's too little to pay all the bills. But instead, you can thank the money coming in, thank the people who gave the money to you. You know, if you're a freelance coach, for example, they chose you out of thousands of other coaches. That means they, they put a trust on you. And isn't that great? So instead of saying how little money and how little numbers of customers or clients you have, you can appreciate your existing clients. And if you can uh, appreciate them more, they feel appreciated. So they, they bring their friends. So appreciation is a key. Thank, thanking the money, thanking the people who give, who gave you the money to begin with. And when you spend money, also thank the person because you're exchanging the money for goods and services. So for example, if you enjoy a meal at the end of the meal, you pay the money. When you pay the money, thank the waitress and, and waiting person for the service. By saying thank you, you can really receive the benefits or, or the services and just it, it gives you such a warm feeling. And the little challenges, people say, what are the bills sometimes? My mentor, who's called Warren Buffett of Japan, he said, if you can smile and write a check to government, you, you become the master of happy money. So, you know, if you have a choice, and because we have no choice about paying taxes, right? So do you do that with resentment or do you do that with a smile on your face? Because, you know, our government is not the most functioning most sufficient you know organization but they do some good too they help single parents or they help people who are in need they're paying police people and also people at the hospital they're, they just make sure that the roads are nice 
So if you can appreciate them for the service, that brings you a smile. So instead of just getting upset, why do you have to pay that? You have to pay it anyway. So do you want to do that with a smile on your face or not? You have a choice. So by saying goodbye to money with a smile and say, it's almost like seeing your uh, best friends at the airport or at the at railway station. Oh, when you say goodbye, they say, thank you for staying. Thank you for coming. Come back very soon with your friends. So if you can tell that to your, to your money, you know, thank you for staying with me. Come back with lots of friends. You know, <laughs> you just say goodbye, but come back soon with lots of friends. You know, money can hear you say once again, if money was a person, they feel appreciated. Ah, oh, okay, I think I have to go back to Giselle because she was so nice to me. And maybe I should, you know, bring a bunch of my friends and just visit her. She'll be so super happy to see me again. So if money was a person, don't you think he or she or it will feel that way? Yeah, absolutely. What you love loves you back, right? Yeah, and it's <laughs> fun too. I've been doing the arigato every time I pay out or when I receive, super grateful, when I go out and do anything, when I get a bill. Sometimes I forget, then I'll do it after the fact. I'm like, oh, I can't believe I forgot to say thank you. <laughs> and it does, it totally shifts your mood about what you're, what you're doing. And it actually helped me realize how abundant I am. The fact that I'm able mm -hmm. to do these things, I'm able to you know, buy something, I'm able to go to a grocery store and have like a pick. It made me more aware of all of the amazing things that I am able to do and have. Whenever I pay taxes, I feel so appreciative because, you know, I have, I'm giving a great opportunity to serve people. So as a result, I get paid so well, not by one company or one, one person, but I, I, I feel like there's almost like a, flood of love coming toward me. And the half of what I see, I share with the government people so they can enjoy their, they can serve other people. I'm not complaining about taxes because I have so much left after paying all the taxes. That means I can help other people as well. You know, I, I make more, way more than bringing food on the table for a family of three. So I can support hundreds of family, other families as well. And so I'm so happy that so many people send me money, happy money. But with that money, I can help many people. So I'm almost like a manager of a trust fund. And then, then the money has to go to a certain place. So I'm asking money where it wants to go. Some of our money wants to go to a shelter house that supports single mo mother with kids who run away from abusive husbands. And uh, I'm asking money, where do you want to go? And then... I hear voices like that. And then, so we just send them off, help people, support them, you know, just be with them. Receiving money is fun, but also sending money out could be so much fun. I, I think I, I probably find more fun when they send money to those who are in need because I feel so grateful that I could help them. So once you're in the cycle of appreciation, you can receive money so well. There's no guilt about receiving money when you're in the right place. Mm. It also got me to think that it also keeps the flow, right? If money wants to serve, yes. like if the money is to flow, bringing it in and then letting it out, right? It really is about the flow. And that really keeps mm -hmm. it in circulation because you say money is currency, you know, it's current. <laughs> yes. And I'm not against saving or I'm not against having enough sure. yeah. because if you have enough, 
you feel secure. You know, probably it's, it's up to you. Some people feel secure with only a thousand dollars. Some people cannot feel secure with one million dollars. So you have to <clears throat> draw a line. How much is enough? So like ten thousand. If you have ten thousand dollars in your bank account, you okay. Thousand dollars, you okay. You start worrying about your future. That's more of your psychological problem. It's not a financial problem. So don't try to save too much money. So the book I, rec I recommend these days is Die With Zero. That means, you know, when you die, die with zero. Try that. It will be hard. It's harder okay. to do these days because, you know, people keep saving, 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 saving till you drop. So those people who are high achievers, who feel insecure about money, they make too much money. So try to come up with the idea. What if I, I, I die with zero? How much money you have to start spending? Mm. So you really have to start spending in your 50s. Otherwise, you cannot die with zero. Mm. So I want to create a culture that leaving some money when you die is a shame mm. because you haven't given away enough money. Mm. So, <laughs> you know, when you're, if you hit 60s and 70s, hurry up and start giving away your money. I think my mom would agree with that. Yeah. <laughs> Tell like that to your so, parents. Yeah, that's right there. They might be like, you've lost your mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a lot of people live through the cycle of they go to work. You mentioned sometimes people are miserable at work and they just look forward to retiring. And then when they're in retiring, they're just kind of living off the savings. I know people that are in retirement right now and they're just surviving. They're, they're not really mm -hmm. thriving. They're not really sharing. They're not really like leaving the most joy even with their money by sharing it with others and traveling and experiencing. So there is something to that. For sure. Yeah. So I hope people uh, find joy for, uh, um, from giving because giving gives you so much joy. So <clears throat> when you hit 60s and 70s, not only you can give money, but also you can share your wisdom and all the experiences from your life. Younger people need that, especially for those who've done something for the, for the past few decades. You know, you have enough experiences that people can learn. And if you start sharing that information with young people, that keeps you very, you know, active and, and gives you a lot of energy. So I retired for four years in my early 30s. So I don't have uh, any plan of retiring soon. You know, some people say, can you, you keep, I, I wrote, I'm going to write uh, 17 books uh, this year. Oh my God. And, uh, <laughs> and the people ask, why do you write so much? Because it kind of, kind of pops up. It comes up from my mouth and nose when I, you know, and then my ears when I wake up. So like, I feel there's so much content in me. So I'm a fountain of wisdom. So well, yeah. I'm so happy yeah. to share and uh, I cannot stop because it just overflows. If I don't teach, I'm going to die. You know, I'm, I'm all swollen up <laughs> and then I'll be, be found dead with all the characters, you know, <laughs> being driven like that. <laughs> yeah. It'd be wonderful to get those books translated. I think there's also a, a large audience that could really learn from your wisdom. Because I know you publish a lot in Japanese. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I'm going to find a team of translators and uh, probably I'll start with ebook. You know, English publication is so slow. Like this one, for example, I, I published in June. This one? No, yeah. me, oh, me here. Like this June? Yeah, this June. And this one just published last, uh, last week. And the, uh, this one 
also published in July. It's, it's in 7-Eleven wow. all over the country. So, you know, when I write, the book will be out in like three weeks. For wow. uh, English books, when I write, it's going to come out in 18 months. Like, yeah, <laughs> what? Yeah, it's like yeah. the whole process. <laughs> yeah, so instead of going over, I might go over, you know, traditional channel, but I, I don't mind doing with ebook and I can give yeah, it, yeah. you know, give it a very affordable price so anybody can read, you know. I, I think I should charge a little bit so people get serious about my content, but I don't have to charge like 30 or 50, $50 for that. Mm -hmm. So I love the number eight, eight. So like, because it's an infinity number. So I'm I'm gonna price all my books eight dollars and eighty eight cents. So nice. I'm I'm the number of eight guy, which symbolizes abundance. So I think I'm gonna start sharing all the books at the at the price, so people can you know smile on their face like eight eighty eight. What does it mean? So that's a good start. Yeah, for sure, definitely. Look forward to that. Yeah. Thank you. So before you were talking about generosity, you're a very generous person, very giving person. And, you know, I've heard the saying, you can never go broke by being generous. But I think there is a lot of fear when it comes to people. How can people practice the art of generosity and still feel secure in terms of like that they're not kind of giving away everything and putting themselves at risk? Yeah, I think it's just, just a matter of priorities. So if you just... You know, there's a cup, you know, your abundance cup. So you have to pour uh, into your abundance cup, you know, your family cup first. Yeah. And then if it overflows, you can start sharing what you have. So give yourself first. So I, I've been teaching about financial literacy and financial independence. So my near goal, I'm just telling it to everybody, is you become financially independent. So you don't have to worry about taking care of your family. So my family will be taken care of even if I die for the rest of their life. So that means I'm sort of off the hook. I don't have to worry about them. So now I can, everything, it gives me such a great feeling. So everything I make from now on till I die, I can give it for somebody else. So I, in, in other words, I can work for other people. You know, I don't need expensive cars or I have already enough houses. And I don't mind wearing the same clothes, you know, every day. So like, I'm, I'm a very cheap person, you know, I, it, I don't have to be entertained so much because this is the most entertaining moment. So if you know that your, your cup is already full and you have more than enough, and then you can be generous. So don't get the priorities wrong. Don't give out everything. In other words, don't take off your shirt and give it uh, to people, you know, because later on you might regret, damn, I wish I didn't, <laughs> I wish I didn't give that shirt because I'm freezing, right? So give, give something extra your own, you know, and so don't take off your shirt and give it away. Thank you. As you were talking, messaging I received was, it's the vibration in which you give, right? When you're feeling abundant, you're feeling overflowing. Mm -hmm. When you give, you give from that feeling of overflow, right? Like that's yes. that the arigato exercise or that feeling of like, oh, I got to pay this and so on. It just, it makes me feel like, oh yeah, I'm abundant. I, I can share it. I'm happy to do it. <laughs> yeah. So you should not give anything that makes you feel guilty or like uh, you, you regret about giving. So give a certain amount that makes, brings you joy and to them. Don't sacrifice yourself because uh, uh, sacrifice doesn't serve anybody. 
you know, it gives you guilt or regret. And what a bad feeling you have if you just uh, regret about giving, you know. Or like uh, go to the person and say, sorry, I gave you too much. <laughs> Can I get, get this back? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, well, I'll just take some of this change back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So can I have a change, you know, when you donate something? That's, that, that's funny, right? So uh, give something that you don't mind giving away. So don't, don't try to be too nice unless you achieve financial independence. So achieve financial independence first. And the funny thing is, after I achieve financial independence, I make more, way more money. It's almost like when you don't have a girlfriend or boyfriend, you're so hungry for that, right? So, you know, people don't, don't go to hungry people, right? Say when they dine to get more clients, people wouldn't go to those places. Say just there are two dentists, right? In, in neighborhood, one dentistry, they don't have any clients. They just opened up. Do you want to go to them? Because you're not really sure he or she is guaranteed. And, but the other dent dentist, there's always a line you have to book in two, two weeks in advance or three weeks sometimes. Which one would you, would you choose to go? Like the one with a longer line, right? So the funny thing is the, the, the less you need, the more you receive. So that is abundance, the law of abundance. So fool yourself first, emotionally first, by saying thank you, arigato to your money. But with that attitude, people can feel it. Oh, this person doesn't need from me. And then they trust you more. So this feeling always that I have more than enough is the sure shortcut to abundance. So feel yourself first with appreciation and then the money follows. And then if you are filled up with appreciation and money, you can start giving away crazy. And I hope you do that. So I'm hoping the reason why I'm doing this is I'm hoping that a ripple effect that I impact and I have impacted at least 20, 30 or 50,000 people in Japan and with their financial independence, they're studying a lot of generous activities like building homeless shelters and, you know, all kinds of great stuff with for animal uh, abuse prevention. So. I, I hope I'm going to do the same in English. You know, it's a little tricky because English is a hard language for me, but I'll, this is fun. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm making a lot of mistakes, but I'm okay. You know? oh, you're doing a great job. Like it's, I wanted to ask, you know, you've been doing this for a very long time. Have you ever found anything surprising in all of that? Anything that really kind of surprised you about people's either beliefs about money or? Yes. Um, Yes. You know, our expression, like you, you've heard or you experienced so many interesting things so I can write a book, right? Yeah. And I have, <laughs> I have done it so many times, as I'm saying. Yeah. So one of the fun things about becoming a best-selling author is like when you uh, meet somebody at the party, you hear the most amazing stories. It's almost like uh, those stories in the movies. So like, uh, have you ever met somebody uh, who won a lottery twice? in his lifetime it's so so fascinating how how it changed his psyche and uh, how it kind of like changed his life forever in a positive way and negative way so like whenever i i just bump into those people like i you know like i feel like mm, very tasty looking tasty <laughs> delicious so i sit down with them for hours and just ask them many questions about how they're influenced by that so 
I, I have so many interesting stories about people getting shift and also their grandparents' story. So one of the stories I wrote in Happy Money Book is that a guy who lost everything, he inherited his business from his father and grandfather. His grandfather is a very famous、um, business person, but you know, the second generation, they're kind of less drive. And the third generation are those who kind of end up losing everything. And his case was the same. So he was visited in a, a small apartment. He had to sell his big mansion inherited from his grandfather. He, he moved out and lived in a small, tiny two room apartment. And he got visited by an old man. So, this old man saying that he used to work for his grandfather. And he heard about his mentor's grandson was in a bad situation. So, he just hired a detective and found out where his mentor's grandson lives. So, this old man visited him and he He said he shared about his story when he was young. He was taken as a mailman, mailboy, when he was like eight, eight or nine. So his grandfather was almost like a father to this very successful looking man. And since his grandfather taught him everything about business, this person went independent and started his own business and became successful due to his grandfather's teachings. And love. And he, he never forgot about his mentor, even, even one day. So he heard that his mentor's grandson was in a, a bad situation. So he rushed to、uh, him and he said, So and he brought a big sukiyaki set. There is you know, meat and rice and everything. And he,、so、he brought a huge sukiyaki set. So, cheer up. You know, I just wanted to show my appreciation for your grandfather for all the things he did for me. And, and his family, he had a little kid, so he was, they were so happy. Just like it's been a while since they had the you know, delicious sukiyaki. So, at the end of dinner, his child found out there's an envelope at the bottom of the box, and inside was a check that, that was worth enough to buy a big house. And he said on the end, on the back、uh, of the check, he says, Thank you. And then I was really touched by the story because all the love and care that、uh, your grandfather gave somebody like 60 years ago came back and then support you. So all the love you give to somebody now will be handed over. And then it gives a big and, and beautiful mark on somebody's、uh, heart and it stays forever. And, and then she or she wants to do something and pay back that, that what they receive 60 years. Isn't that beautiful?、Mm -hmm. It so, is such you know, a beautiful story. Yeah. So whenever I hear a story like that, I feel so warm and so happy. And I just I can write a book on. Uh, this beautiful relationship. I, I can imagine this little boy who's lost and k n o w what to do was taken to his grandfather's you know, wings and just you know, very well taken care of. And then this guy becomes another business tycoon and then you know, gives back what he received from this boy's grandfather. Oh, by the way, he became successful afterwards because he realized that you know, he was too arrogant running business. 
And I'm sure, you know, something runs in, in the genes that this guy was a little bit off, but now after that, he became a very successful person. So. Oh, such a great story. Yeah, so I have a lot of stories like that. So that's why my books are like more than 100 books. You raised something that you had in your book, which maybe we could talk about is the support people around you, right? How many people mm -hmm. can you count would be there for you if something went yes. right as a way to kind of not worry about money, right? And you mm -hmm. said that, you know, you could count 50 people. I got to be honest, it gave me a little bit of anxiety because I thought to myself, oh my gosh, would I want to put that stress on someone? I think I kind of struggled with that piece. And you you know, you mentioned <laughs> that it's very different in in Japan versus in North uh -huh. America, how we tend uh -huh. to be more isolationist. What do you think would help shift that? Because for me, I have this mentality that I would like, I wouldn't want to be a burden and, you know, have to bring my family to someone else. I get the point of the exercise. It was really uh -huh. to see how many people care about you. And absolutely, I have lots of people in my life that would absolutely, hands down, would actually do stuff for us and would yes. take us in that would do. It was more my anxiety of like, oh my gosh, I wouldn't ever want to do that to someone. <laughs> yeah, so Giselle, I think you're a generous person. If you find out your best friend is in a bad uh, place financially, you want to help, right? Yeah, so wouldn't you be hurt if he or she didn't tell you that they had a hard time? <laughs> You'd be upset. And you will be probably upset and just tell them, probably yell at them, why didn't you tell me, right? Yeah, if you're good friends. So you'd be more upset if he or she didn't ask you for help. So, so just change the places. What <laughs> would your best friend feel if you didn't come to him or her for help? You know, they, they would be upset. So that's why I'm repeating myself. We have a PhD in giving, but we are so lousy at receiving. So this is the idea. You, are, you just go miles, you know, to to save your friends. But when you're just having a hard time, like you kind of like lick your own woods in the, in the cave. <laughs> <laughs> True. So, yeah, so yeah. you have to be willing to, you have to open yourself and ask for help because that's what all the adversities are for. It, it gives you opportunities for you to be humble and ask for help. You need, when you need help, you have to ask for one. And it's a great learning experience. If life is to, to learn about love, giving love is one thing and also receiving love is another. And, and, and the abundance and love has a cycle by giving and receiving. You know, if you think it this way, you're giving an opportunity, giving your friends an opportunity to show his or her love towards you. That means by receiving love, the love cycle completes. So just, you know, and when you feel like you, you could help somebody, your best friend, especially, don't you feel like, yes, you know, I'm so happy I have enough ex extra money so I could help my best friend. That gives you probably the highest joy, right? Yeah. Yeah. So give them the joy. But to do that, you have to feel funny, like, oh, I don't want to be a burden <laughs> on you, but I would it be even possible if I ask you for help. Like, here it's just like, are you kidding me? You know, why didn't you come here two months earlier? Yeah, so, you know, I'm just challenging you. You know, you, you have to start from somewhere. Just 
take a risk and ask for help because by, by doing that, you can complete the cycle of this love receiving and giving. And in hard times like this, you have to start asking for help. And for those of you who, who feel like you have more than enough, you have to start sharing what you have. And by doing that, your abundance completes. The money, extra money you have in your bank account, it's not yours. It's somebody else's. Uh, and so don't uh, keep it under your name. It's for somebody else's. So ask your money where the money go wants to go and let it go because some other money will come back to you. So the trust is so important. So by letting go of your money, you can learn about trust. I think it's a good deal. You're buying the lesson of trust with money. Thank you for sharing that. I love that in your book, the vision of having really abundant people share the abundance, people that are sort of in the middle class, you know, living their dream, like taking risks. And that people that are currently facing poverty, because I mean, some of the people that are our listeners work with people that are very poor or, you know, like losing their house and so on, so that they can feel like that they can have the opportunity to attract. What could you, what could we say to somebody who was working with somebody who was poor and wanted more a flow of abundance of money? Yeah. So the, the baby step is you have to come up with something. You have to find something in you that could be traded for uh, higher prices. For example, if you're uh, working in a lab labor position, you know, you're exchanging your labor with money. Mm -hmm. But you must be good at something. You know, you must be good at talking with people. You must be good at with something with your hands, you know, or like cooking or something. You must have some special skills that people, other your friends that say, oh, you're a good chef, you, you're a good cook or you're a good listener or whatever that is. So try to come up with like two or three gifts that you, you think you want to improve and then get a job so you can use your skills and gifts more. So you probably get paid a little bit more, maybe a dollar or two per hour. And by job hopping for a few times, you find a better place and you find more energy in exchanging sweat for money. And after about a couple of years, maybe a few, you you begin to find that you are more entitled to work in a better environment. So go back to school or get uh, online education. It doesn't cost so much. Uh, sometimes, uh, most oftentimes it's free. And get fascinated with who you are. Fall in love with yourself. And if you can come up with certain gifts like selling, you'll probably be out of the dark place in a matter of months. And if you're good, good at listening, you can be a great coach. And uh, if you are good at cooking, just go get a job at a higher, higher paying place. So do something that will serve you and other people. By doing that, you get paid more. So if you keep changing positions, probably after five times, you probably make twice as much. And then you can be probably out of poverty line by then. And probably the, the choice is wider. So you can do, you can get paid higher and then probably you have a better choice. And the rest is the legend you're going to create. So getting out from the shithole is the hardest part. But after that, 
I think you'll be fine. So just trust that you can make it. So that getting depressed about where you are is uh, the, 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 probably the biggest obstacle you have. Would you say, Ken, that belief is the first part? If you're focusing on being depressed uh, in the situation that you are, you're less likely to believe that you can make it. Yeah, but, but having- I know, I know it's hard to believe. So, so I'm sure that you have the same, you know, symptom because I have a hard time believing in myself. So that that's when good friends and good mentors come in. You know, good friends and good mentors believe in you more than you believe in yourself. So when I was having a hard time in my 20s, my mentors and my friends believed in my f- better future. So having uh, great friends who trust you more than you do yourself is super good. So if you hang around with uh, bad friends, you have to get out from that too. You don't have to trust, you don't have to believe in yourself, but just change the place where you, you look. You know, you're looking down, that's why you see only the bad things. But if you kind of look up, you can see a beautiful, more beautiful future. So you don't have to believe in it, but just looking at it. And if you start looking a different direction, the whole concept of life will shift as well. So by looking and uh, by focusing on what's ahead of you, and if you, if you feel as even the slightest excitement, maybe I can just have a better life. Maybe I can discover gifts. That feeling will lift you up. So you have to start from somewhere. So don't think that you uh, belief is important because you cannot do that. I know that. I, I'm talking about from experiences. I would no way trust that in the future that you know I'd be a best-selling author when I was having a hard time, like because I never wrote anything. You know, <laughs> I I probably thought, don't be kidding with me because I've, I never wrote anything. How could I become a best-selling author? I, I don't even keep journals. I know uh, my some of my friends are keeping diaries since they're like six. Like what? You know, I don't have that. So I don't have that discipline. I don't have that. Uh, capability, but I became an author. So you don't have to believe in that, but just look toward the uh, direction that you could be a little excited about. So that is the first step. Thank you very much. That's great. Following your excitement is definitely important. So you have a community called the Aragato community, which I am blessed. Yes. Can you talk a little bit about the community and maybe some other things you might be working on that you want to share with the audience? (laughs) Yes. Thank you for asking. So I have the second largest online community in Japan. I have about 12,000 members and online. So every month and everywhere somewhere people meet, they gathered under the name of Ken Honda, but actually I'm not needed like because they're just having great time without me. So uh, subcommittees and a lot of uh, groups all over Japan. And I wondered just a year ago, wouldn't that be fun if I had a similar community like that in English uh, speaking world? Since my book is out in 40 different countries and 15 different languages, it'd be really fun if I could have uh, a community in English. So I am going to start an online community on August. So right now it's a baby mode, but it's going to be open to a public fairly soon. So Google Arigato Living or Ken Honda you'll find all the information. We meet uh, once a month and we share a lot about how arigato or being appreciative about life and happy money changes our lives. 
So I'm going to start sharing all the information I have and doing Q&A and have a little chat with smaller groups here and there. And hopefully after everything is calmer, I will start traveling and just meet all the people group by group. It'd be super fun. I've been, I've been looking forward to the day and sometime next year that I bump into a, a group in London, Frankfurt, and um, Delhi, or you know Singapore. So I'm so excited that I'm beginning to form this group. So with this mastermind group, just people can share what they feel about money and we can share what happened in your past. And it, it's such a healing experience when we find out that people are from different backgrounds on the other side of the planet experienced similar things like 30, 40 years ago. And we have the same kind of scars and wounds and together we can heal. I believe in the power of multicultural friendship. So I want to start something that human being has, has never even seen before. Friendship from different cultures and different countries. And that's when, what I'm studying. And also I'm going to start translating all the books. I decided to write an ebook once or twice a year. You know, I I'm going to form translators. So we, we can probably finish two books a year at least. And then when uh, the, the team starts to function, we can publish it every month. So please wait another few months and then my books will be out. Awesome. I look forward to reading the one about the children too. I yes, thank you. I think that I would definitely see. Thank you so, so much, Ken. I'm super, super grateful that you're on the show and thank you so much for answering my questions. Thank um, you, please check, out, please check out Ken's website, kenhonda.com and join his Arigato community to be with like-minded people focused on abundance. Join us again for another episode of the Love and Compassion Podcast with Giselle. Thank you. Thank you so much for inviting me. I really enjoy our, our conversation. And people have a great life. And I'm praying for you every day and every night. Thank you. Arigato. Bye-bye.